Hello, good evening everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have the fantastic Santella Austin. Yeah, baby. Woo! It's about that time. It's about about that time. So long overdue. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very happy to have you on the show. And for those who don't know you, Santella, tell us about yourself. Okay. Uh, My name, yes, is Santella. Uh, probably the most unique name in the world, but that's another story. Central Austin, and uh, currently I am a vocal coach, uh, inspirational speaker. My topic is talking about intermittent fasting, okay? So I am basically an intermittent fasting lifestyle coach. I am going to live and die by doing this, okay? Basically, um, at the age of 21, I became a professional dancer and living the dream, you know, living the dream. Uh, got involved into drugs, alcohol, etc., which brought me down a very, very dark path. So dark that it led me to have a liver transplant, okay? Now, from the back, of having a liver transplant, uh, I have realized that I needed to go through this in order to be the best man that I can be. Mm-hmm. Because on the back of me going through all this, I would never have discovered my gift as a speaker. There's no way. Because my whole plan was just to be going from one musical to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. But I got, I went into two musicals and plus a cruise and living, like I say, living my dream. But obviously that's not what God wanted for me. Yeah, because it led me down this drugs and alcohol and um, I needed to go through that in order to find my gift. And so I just feel very blessed to be sharing it with the world. So do you think that the difficult time about, I mean, explain how you actually came to have the liver transplant because it's quite a story. Okay. So, yeah, so basically I had just finished Starlight Express and then I went on a cruise. Uh, Then, in fact, let's just go from the second musical I was in a musical called Gaudi Musicals and yeah. I was just drinking. Every time I was happy, I was drinking. When I was sad, I was drinking. And when yeah. that wasn't enough, I thought, let me just try some drugs. So I started off with ecstasy. And, <laughs> you know, the more drugs I took, the more I needed a higher high. You understand? And so eventually I went to basically, um, I'm not proud to say, but I went to the harder drugs, which meant, you know, to get a a higher high. So I shared a needle only once, but that that was enough to basically, you know, 
catch a virus called hepatitis B. I've never shared that really because my liver was so badly damaged because of the drinking, so badly damaged. And to give you a kind of um, understanding of how bad I was drinking, the liver itself, the organ is so powerful that it constantly regenerates itself. So you have to be drinking for years and years and years and years for the liver to be damaged. Yeah. You've got to understand, I was only drinking for four years. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So you, you imagine the amount I was um, uh, drinking for me, my liver to be so damaged. So once the hep B got on top of it, it was all, it speeded everything up. And wow. before you knew it, before you knew it, I was on, I was in a coma. And um, uh, thank God that I was saved literally uh, because there was a machine in Germany at the time in its experimental stages, mm -hmm. okay, whereby if someone has cirrhosis of the liver, which I do, which I did, should I say, if someone has cirrhosis of the liver, okay, it will keep it will keep them alive for at least seven to 14 days. Because once you have cirrhosis of the liver, you've got literally two days maximum to find a liver. So luckily for me, I was in Germany and they had this machine that kept me alive. And on the seventh day, the liver became available. So, you know, this to me is not a coincidence. I mm. believe it was all planned. Mm. Because if I, the, the reality is, I got so, I enjoyed drinking so much and taking the drugs so much that, you know, if I didn't have a liver transplant, I probably would have been a drug addict now anyway. You see what I'm saying? You would have been alive, really, simply. Pardon? Do you think you would have been alive? I, I think I would have been one of these people who was still alive, but very, looking very, very bad, itching and maybe even going on the street and, you know, asking for money to feed my habit because my family would have, they, they would have had to have abandoned me. Because when, you, when, when you're on that kind of ride, you do so many things just to feed the habit. Do you see mm. what I'm saying? So I believe I, ha I had to go through it because even if I'm on down, moments in my life i can't drink because literally if i drink yeah i could go to the doctor next week and they say listen mr austin looks like you're having a liver rejection so i cannot drink yeah not to the not to the extent that i was you see what i'm saying mm. so um again it was something that had to happen without a doubt 100 so we're very, very lucky to have you actually on the show. Really. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And after it happened, everyone I tell my story to, they say, was it your time to go? God has a plan for you. Mm. And I believe, you know, that plan has been revealed through speaking, through me sharing, not just about motivation, but more so about intermittent fasting. Oh, my God. God, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful topic. The health benefit is, is awesome. I'm surprised not many people are engaging in this practice. It's just so awesome. So I believe, okay, I found a gift, but 
what should I talk about? People wanted me, oh, talk about vocal coaching. No, I've been doing that for the past 10 years. That is not why I came back. That is not why I was given a second chance to, you know, go on stage and, you know, teaching people how to do a vocal, to be a singer. You know what I mean? People don't die if they cannot sing. <laughs> you understand? They don't die if they cannot sing. But on the health side, if people don't take care of their health, they die. Yeah. They die. And yeah. I ain't got the qualification to be a doctor. But, hey, intermittent fasting, I'm telling you, is the way forward. And that is what I am going to be talking about till the day I die. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, baby. About that. In a short moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you were talking about like the fact that you can't obviously drink because you've had the organ transplant. So what is the other impact of having an organ transplant? What what do you have to do as a result of having a transplant? Well, the only thing I have to do basically is take um immune suppression drugs. And, uh, you know, basically this drug keeps me alive every day. I'll show you this little pill here. I don't know if you can see it. Let me get the, Let me it up, put it higher up. Higher up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That little pill, I take seven, six of those a day. Six? Yes. And that stops me, um, me from getting a liver rejection. Okay. And, you know, every single day I have to take that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that is really the only thing really that I have to do what I didn't do before. I mean, because basically, supposedly, when your, your immune, immune um, system is low, it doesn't fight off diseases as much as it should. But I've been blessed because I haven't really had any issues at all. I don't get colds much or anything like that. Um, so I've just been blessed because I haven't seen the effects of the fact that I've got an organ, um, uh, a liver transplant. I haven't seen the fact that I'm keeping my um, immune system low, that I'm being affected in any way, shape or form. So... That's really it at the end of the day, you know. It's not a major thing for me anyway. Okay, yeah, but, you know, um, what about travelling and things like that? How's that happening? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, definitely. There's certain countries I can't go to, you know, um, countries that are high um, in malaria, you know, uh, those kind of countries. So I could never go to the motherland. You know what I mean? Not now. Should have gone there before. I can't go there because it's um, uh, a country that is high with malaria and stuff like that. And my my immune system couldn't fight that off. Mm. You know, it couldn't fight that off at all. So I can't go to those countries. And um, that's about it, which is a shame. But having said that, it's a whole wide world out there. There's so many other countries that I've been to and can go to. So, hey. You know what I mean? It's no biggie. It's a small price to pay really the grand scheme of things. Ex exactly, exactly, exactly. So you have recently become an organ donation champion. Tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, again, I mean, I know I keep saying God, and I want to keep on saying God. I don't, you know, because I don't want to denounce him by calling him something else. You understand? So I always am going to say God, okay? I yeah. believe again, God has is literally placed this in my lap. Mm. I mean, you know, what better way than me to be speaking about organ donation? You know, mm. I've only just become aware that black people, you know, we do not donate our organs. No. This has got to change. It's got to change. I think, I think that people are scared, you know, what will happen with the organs, you know, what, you know, I think there's this thing, there's a fear there. Okay, I understand. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know what the acronym of fear is, yeah? False expectations appear in real. Okay, fear, it, it just doesn't exist. There's good and bad in everything. You know what I mean? Good and bad in everything. All people need to know is that you are giving people the gift of life. You can't get any better than that. You know, and the thing is with the black community, okay, what we have to understand is like, for example, if somebody has a, you know, needs a, an, an organ, if you are black, if someone, if you could get the organ from someone of your own um, uh, ethnic race, you know, then it's the likelihood of there being a match is a lot higher. Mm. You understand? It's a lot higher. Again, mm. I've been blessed because I got uh, my organ from a white person. Yeah. Mm. Again, I've been blessed. Yeah. Mm. But. You know, and I found that, like I say, after seven, it was, you know, found after seven days. But, you know, um, there's many people, especially in the black community, who are dying because there's not enough people of their own race giving the organs. And the sad thing is, God forbid it would happen to any one of us. We'll take the organ. Yeah. We'll take it. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. take it. My and uncle, my uncle actually, he um don't his his organs were donated when he died. And obviously he was in he was in his early thirties and his heart and his eye. There was four, I think four of his organs have been donated. Wow. And even my um, my great uncle the other day was like, oh, I wasn't happy with that. So I don't know, maybe the cultural thing yeah and i think also as well you know in the past there's been you know cells and organs taken and then they used for scientific research yeah and these doctors haven't admitted that you know what we need you know um to do test study to create like further medication or whatever so I think that's where the skepticism comes about. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone else wants to share, but I think that's all where it comes about, you know, to be honest with you. Okay, so, okay, I understand. So basically, it's just a lack of education, you understand? You know, and that is why this event 
that I'm actually um, going to be speaking at, it's actually a conversation about exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Exactly. Because we need to have a conversation. Because if we know that there's a conversation out there and we don't go to this conversation, then who who is to blame? Us. Mm. You understand? Yeah. We are to blame. And I'm just being real. Black people need to fix up. They mm. need to. I'm just being real. We need to. I say they. <laughs> we need to fix up. So do you think it's an issue just in the black community? Pardon? Is it just an issue in the black community? Or do, or do people have fears? Because isn't there a thing now where they're just opting you in? In the UK, we can opt you in for a window now. It doesn't matter. I mean, you have to sign to opt out. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. That's news to me. That's news that's to what me. Heard. That's what I've heard. Okay. Okay. And, well, if that's the case, well, I hope and pray people don't sign to opt out. And, again, this event will be good because then, okay, we'll have the conversation as to why you shouldn't opt out. Mm -hmm. Because, like you say, like I said before, there's good and bad in everything. Everything is like social media. There's a lot of badness going on in social media, but it continues. It will never stop. No matter what is brought out, no matter what the conversation is, good and bad in it, it doesn't mean to say you don't have to ride on the good side. Like I said, you, it's the gift of life. If I knew the family that gave me their son's liver, oh, my God, you know, I would, you know, I would hug them and never let go. But I tell you one thing, you know, having th this, their son's liver does for me mentally. When I'm wallowing in self-pity, I'm like, fix up, Santella. How dare you? Mm. You know what I mean? You know, the twists and turns, like I say, you know, is, is, is here for every one of us. But it's here for us to learn. Mm. You understand? And I would love to know that if it probably would never happen, but if the family ever found out that I've got their son's liver, that they could look at me and feel proud and say, oh, my God, you know, this is where my son's liver is. And look what he's done with his life. You see, yeah. so I have a responsibility in so many ways. You understand? And um, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. The fact that I have someone else's liver inside of me, you know. Yeah. Well, it's given you that chance and that opportunity to live. Exactly. And still have a life, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Which exactly. Is just to be real about it. Exactly. Living life to the full. And that, that it, again, encourages me to become the best man that I could possibly be. Find that somehow... What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And what I exactly and what I have found, okay, is that that inner voice inside of you is telling you what's right and what's wrong. That's what I, I'm telling you. That inner voice inside of you is telling you what's right and what's wrong. And it's led me, it's led me to be the the topic that I'm now going to be speaking about as a speaker. I mean, yeah. you know, it just suddenly came up because I've applied it into my life. I've seen the benefits. I've yeah. seen what the happened. 
So what happened last year? You was worried, weren't you, about yeah. a rejection? So tell us a little bit about because sometimes people like when they have like uh, donation, yeah. sometimes it rejects. Tell us a little bit about that, and then tell yeah. us how it got into um, what you're what you now think on. Okay, so when somebody has an organ donation, the first three months is critical because wow. of rejection. That's why you're in the hospital, people come to see you when they got their gloves on, their mask on, because of infection, yeah? Mm -hmm. So the first three months for me was very, very critical. And mm -hmm. it was hard for me because I heard whispers, you know, you know, to my girl, the doctor saying, well, we don't know if he's out of the woods yet, or to my mom, because it was them two by my bedside, you see? so. You know, I got through the three months and everything's been rosy up until then. However, I obviously have educated myself about, you know, signs of liver rejection, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the signs of liver rejection or liver failure, you know, someone who hasn't had liver, is their stomach starts to swell. OK, this stomach starts to swell. And last year, July, that is what was happening to me. I mean, I went to this event. I mean, I knew I was putting on weight, but I thought I kind of stylized it out by wearing certain clothes to cover it up, you know what I mean? But I came home and I saw a video of me and I actually free frame, freeze, freeze framed it. Yeah. I was horrified. Oh. My stomach, man, I was like, oh my God, is that me? Oh. And then I realized, I was at the gym anyway. I was still going to the gym, eating, thinking I was eating correctly. But my stomach was getting bigger and bigger. And mentally, obviously, it started to get to me because I've never been a person with a stomach. Never. Yeah. I've always been slim. So I went, I shot up to 14 stone seven. And some people might say, what is 14 stone seven? Yeah. For someone of my frame, 14 stone seven is overweight. Yeah, the body max index, the ratio of the fat to muscle was, wow. was through the roof. Yeah. So I'm over, I'm the doctor tells me I'm overweight for the first time in my life, and I'm like, oh my god. And I'm thinking, and then I started to feel bloated and you know, walking in the street, and I, you know, when you kind of look at in the shop window and you see yourself, I was like, no, nah. and it got me depressed. Went to, and I just assumed I was having a liver rejection because I didn't understand. I'm going to the gym. I'm eating correctly. Why is this happening? Go to the doctors. He does the test. He said, Mr. Austin, you just put on weight. That's all it is. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then I was just on YouTube, man, and I saw someone talking about intermittent fasting. The light bulb came on just like that. And you know why? All this guy said was this. Society teaches us to eat three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Now, the problem with that, okay, if you're wanting to lose weight, is that when you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm. your, your glucose, your, your, your blood sugar goes up, Okay, because a lot of us eat a lot of carbs and all that kind. And then your insulin actually goes up too. Okay, so what's happening is that you are actually burning sugar. That's all you're doing. So when you see people on a treadmill and blah, 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 they're burning sugar. Now, the problem is 
when you, for example, don't eat, say, let's say for 16 hours, which is baseline for intermittent fasting, starting off intermittent fasting, you're okay. What happened is that your um, insulin level goes completely down, okay? You've got nothing in the body. So the body, clever as it is, is looking for something for fuel. So because it cannot find glucose, which the sugar, which all the food is converted to um, sugar, i.e. glucose, yeah, it taps into the stored fat. So then that's how people start to lose weight. Exactly. The fat. You're, you're, you're using the... A chance. You're basically, you're not giving yourself, body, a chance to have a break. Exactly. Um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, is that what you're saying? Yeah? That's right. You know what I mean? So you're, you're just, the body's now using the stored fat as fuel. Let me tell you, Maxine, I kid you not. I just thought, sure, let me have a try. Within a week, I was like, rah. I saw the changes. Within two weeks, I kid you not, I was like putting holes in my belt. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. Went onto the scales. I mean, I dropped from 14.7 and then I went to, uh, what was it? I went to, I think, 13 stone 7. I thought, wow, that's quick. You and lost a stone yeah. two weeks? No, no, no. We're talking about three weeks, three weeks, three to four weeks I lost a stone. Two right? weeks. Right? And then I started to notice in myself because, you know, people started to tease me. My family, you know, Jamaican people, you know, they start teasing and all that. Yeah, exactly. Marga, dog and all this. And, you know, my face started to get, I got a slim face anyway, but it got even slimmer. Even the hats that I was wearing was big. So it's like it, it made my head smaller. I kid you not, right? I kid you not. Continued it. Fasting Monday and Thursday, right? Mm. You know what? How much I weigh now? Twelve stone. Twelve. Wow. And, and the thing, and here's the kicker: I still eat my chocolates at weekends. That's the power. I still eat my chocolate at the weekend, and that's why in getting into intermittent fasting is 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 so easy because it's not a drastic change in your eating habits. Mm. This is why diets don't work because you say you have to cut out your calories. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. So you're not really enjoying your food. You know what I mean? Just eating all salads. And, nah, none of that. None of that. I still eat my chicken and rice on a Sunday. You rice peas, rice and peas and chicken, my mutton, everything I eat. As long as I've got those two days, Monday and Thursday, where I'm using my body fat as fuel. That is it. Mm. And I'm telling you, anyone, this, if, you know, this would eradicate obesity. But the mainstream media ain't going to push this. Why? The fitness industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. They're not going to let you know things like this. Mm. You understand? They're mm. not going to let you know things like this. And it's, I think it's very important. That's why I'm going to be preaching it from the mountaintop about intermittent fasting. Because, again, it's just a conversation, educating people what they need to know about it. It's just the ignorance of the whole thing. Oh, going about food for 16 hours. And really you're not because you're sleeping seven to eight hours. Yeah. So you just basically have to miss your breakfast. That's really it. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, as you can see, I'm so basically I'll be doing the right thing this whole time because I really don't eat breakfast that often. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean so after that when I'm on holiday, yeah, you get like bread and breakfast or whatever. That's right, that's right, that's I'm right. I'm being like I'm rushing out the door, I need yeah, to yeah. get out, like yeah, yeah. it's just a job getting ready, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm out yeah. and then I eat you know, around well, maybe before lunch, just before lunch, and then I might have a later lunch, and then when yeah. I get back in, I eat pretty like sometimes I eat late, yeah. but I kind of want to get in. Right, so right. I'm the window. So basically I've been doing indoor fasting night for years then, pretty much. Yeah, without without even knowing. Without even knowing. Do that. You know what I mean? It, and and the thing is the thing is, the, the, the truth is, like, when you're younger, right, you know, in their 20s and stuff like that, unless you are have a weight issue, you know, it's not really something you need to really look at, you know, because your metabolism is very, very fast and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But even if young people were to apply this into life, because it's not just a case of, you know, losing fat. It's also the health benefits to it is absolutely amazing. Mm. Doctors don't talk to you about this. In fact, when I went to the doctors and they did my yearly check, they were amazed at the weight I lost. And you could tell that, you know, when I said, hey, the secret is intermittent fasting, they was, oh, what's that? That's when you miss a meal. I said, yeah, but it's so much more than that. And it's like they wanted to have a conversation, but, you know, patience and all that kind of stuff. But I think doctors should educate themselves on this instead of sending people to Weight Watchers, all this kind of... Yeah, but is that what they're actually instructed to do? Yeah, there you go. A again, again. You so know what I mean? Something realistically... It's not going to happen. Taking the knowledge and, you know, using our common sense, really. Yeah. You know? Of um, I know that there are people commenting. There's a watch party going on at the moment. I can't see anyone at the minute, so we'll have to obviously have a look and keep on okay. engaging, and we will write back to you. Okay. Thank you for engaging. It's really, really important from now on that you add or you like maximum pain because all lives will be going in this page from now on. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you do that. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining on. So, where can people find you, like, about this intermittent fasting? Is the best place to find out more about it, Santella? Okay. Now, I, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a good question because um, I'm just kind of, building pages to reflect it you know so the best place to to catch me where i'm talking about it a lot a lot is um instagram at ifl coach i'm talking about it a lot there i'm going to build a facebook group i've actually got a facebook group but i want i direct people to my my instagram because i'm more active there yeah. and then as the months and years go by i'm gonna just build in a whole you know um community around it because there's certain exercises obviously you need to do 
Well, you don't need to do it, but certain exercises that I use, the there's five exercises that I use in order to get, you know, the optimum, optimal weight and keep the muscles still, you know, um, burning correctly, etc. So... Is that um, all over body or is that focusing on the core? Like all, all over body. And it, it's interesting you say all over body because, you know, a lot of people, especially when they want to lose their stomach, they're doing a lot of crunches. Yeah. Wrong, 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 wrong. The, uh, the one tip I could give anyone who wants to lose their stomach, okay, don't focus on your stomach. Focus on the two biggest muscles in your body your glutes and your thighs. That is it. That is the key because when you're, because you see when somebody loses weight, they don't just lose weight in one place. It's all over. That's why it went in my face and da, 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 da. And you got to remember when, if you, if you got a gut on you and you're doing all this, you, all you're doing, you're just building the muscle underneath the fat, but it's not going to show. It's not going to show because if you if you're if you've got so much fat above the muscle, it's not going to show. Your body needs to be at least 10, 11 percent fat, you know, in order to, for your abs to start showing. Do you see what I mean? And again, yeah, you know, don't quote me on it, but I hear that that's roughly it. But definitely if you're on 20 percent, 30 percent fat and you're doing all these abs, forget it. Forget it. I'm telling you, forget. I'm just being real. Forget it. And especially if you're getting up, like you know, older or more mature, should I say? You know what I'm saying? You know, you have to find you have to find ways to hack your body. You know what I mean? Hack it, and in a good way. Because if you think you when you're 40, 50, 60, that going into the gym and all this, you know, is going to, to cut it. It's not. You need to work at internal things, your nutrition, you know what I mean? But most of all, intermittent fasting, because even the intermittent fasting, there's so many different things to it. There's the old man, the one meal a day, there's um, you know, the warrior diet, there's the lean gain diet. There's so many different ones. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the 16, 8, uh, 5 to 2 protocol is the easiest to get because you're not disrupting. Is that your like eating patterns. normal to Exactly. And, and you say normal, but I say it like this. Five days feasting. You yeah. understand? Feasting, baby. That's why it's so exciting. You know what I mean? It's like the biblical time. They used to feast. They're not just so eating. Basically, whatever. Eat what you want, and the two days that is where you fast, use your fat as um fuel, and then you have about five for for ladies about five, um five hundred calories for fellas about six hundred calories. That's it. And mm -hmm. and the thing is, what's going to happen? Even though you could eat anything, you know, you're not going to want to eat anything because. You start to see your body shaping and you just think, damn, if I can get my body like that eating rubbish, you know what I'm saying? Imagine if I start to really just be particular, still have your normal stuff, you know what I mean? But obviously chocolate, for example, you don't want to be, even though you can eat that in your feasting, you don't really want to be doing common sense also. You don't want to be eating chocolates 
donuts, McDonald's and all that every day. Come on. You can, but you're not going to want to. You understand? Because, and the reason why it's so powerful is because it works quickly. Mm. That is why it's so powerful. Because it works quickly. And in life, when people are stepping into, you know, a new uh, zone of doing something, if they're not seeing results quickly, this is why they quit. You understand? Mm-hmm. This is why they quit. This is why intermittent fasting, the six, the, 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 the 16 to 8, um, 5 2 protocol is the best because you'll see the difference within three to four weeks. And I'm telling you, man, you're just going to be like, wow. You know, it reduces your blood pressure. The ladies out there, you know, I happen to know this. I'm hearing a lot of people. When you're going through the menopause and stuff like that, the body starts to play around. You get weight in certain places. Intermittent fasting. I'm telling you, the benefit is just, ah, it's off the chain. You know what I mean? Follow me (laughs) at IFL Coach Instagram. You know, get yourself yourself educated, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. You understand? I, I've, I haven't been, I honestly haven't been pumped like this since I was doing musicals. I kid yeah. you not. I remember waking up, you know, just thinking, damn, is this what I do for a living? Now I've got that kind of, I just want to get up and shoot some videos and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Show, people, show people what I'm eating and this and that. Because understand, this ain't about a He-Man thing. It's not about a He-Man thing. It's you have got some guns down there, Santana. Yeah, I've got guns. Yeah, yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got guns. But intermittent fasting isn't about being a He-Man or a He-Woman. You understand? It's about getting lean. You understand? If you want to, if you want to, like, take it to the next level and want to get ripped, intermittent fasting is very good. Because now I can see, wow, my body's changing again. I'm going back to the gym. I, because I just want to, you know what I'm saying? I just want to work on my chest, work, you know, on certain parts of my body and stuff. But the beautiful thing is you don't really need to, you understand? You could just go for your walks, do the five exercises, which I will, will reveal very, very soon. And that's it. You're good to go there with intermittent fasting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then when you see the benefits of it, you're just going to think, boy, yeah, man, you know what? Let me just go to the gym, you know. But you don't have to spend hours in the gym. That's the thing. 15, 20, half an hour maximum. You know what I mean? Go work on whatever you want to work on, whether it's chest, arms, or blah, blah, section your body, then come home. Because you got to remember, time is our most valuable asset. You don't want to be wasting it at the gym. It's not a social. Gym ain't supposed to be a social a place to socialize. It's supposed to be to work your body so that you can get fit and feel good and look good. But people treat it as like some kind of social thing. And that's why... Some people are. Some people do find it's a social thing. Yeah, I know. But, you know, get the priorities right. You understand? Because... Exactly. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're just going for a social and... Then you're wondering, hey, how come my body ain't changing? That's probably why. Because your mind has to be fun. I see people, I kid you not, on the trip, they're, 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 you know, 
like maybe do, doing say chess and they're literally talking. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, and, and I'm like, really? How? Like, or you got the people, yeah, that have got um, that they use their phone. Yeah, as a, as a way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. They do a set and then they're on the machine texting. You know what I mean? Oh, they're on the machine texting, you know, and then they're... Anyway, that's a whole never story, man. That's a whole never story. <laughs> All right, then. Well, Santana, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we end the show? Yeah. Only thing I want to say, thank you all for listening. And two things I'll just... First of all, to my black brother and sisters, right? Please, please, please um, look into organ donation. If you can come down, uh, I know you're going to leave a link in, in the bottom, to this event that we're having on the 18th of May, where we're talking about the importance of organ organ donation. Um, please come along because it's a conversation, it's an awareness thing, and it would be beneficial for all of us. You understand? Okay, that's first and foremost. And uh, the second thing I want to um, say is that um, our health, without our health, we're nothing. No matter what you're striving for, in life, if your health goes, it is just completely pointless. Mm. I know it because I've been there. When my health went, at that time, I had on the back or after the musicals, I started to do music producing and stuff like that. And everything was about, yeah, getting a record deal and stuff like that. When I lost my health, that wasn't even in my mind. All mm. I wanted to do was to get better. Mm. That's all. And so what this is why I'm saying FYI, okay, health-wise, look into intermittent fasting because this is one of the most hidden secrets known to mankind. Mm. Look into fasting in itself. Nothing, it's not new. Gandhi did it. Gandhi was the king at fasting. Gandhi was the king at fasting. You understand? <laughs> you know, so, you know, fasting is nothing new, but looking into how it can really help you in every way, shape or form is something that we I'm encouraging you all to look into because the health benefits are enormous. That's all I've got to say. All right. So, the most important takeaway for you, what I've taken out of this conversation, is the health is your wealth. Without it, you don't have nothing else. Exactly. And food is the star of life. There you are. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a Bible, by the way. Aaron, oh. that must be bad. Anyway, there you go. Stay blessed. And we will see you another time. Thanks very much for the show. See you later. Peace and love, people. Peace Inter and love. Peace Intermittent fasting, baby. Check it out. <laughs>